welcome to Let's Talk Assassin's Creed, your number one podcast for all things Assassin's Creed. Good evening everyone and welcome to episode 145 of Let's Talk Assassin's Creed. Tonight we're going to give our first impressions and thoughts about Assassin's Creed Mirage, the next main game in the series. Um, we've got two special guests uh, joining us tonight for that. Before we introduce them and get on with the show, it is our 50th episode of Recording Together, Declan. Um, I feel like we should have some champagne or something and celebrate. But anyway, um, let's get tea. on with the show. The old tea. That's what we'll and do. Tea, and tea. Cake. <laughs> Absolutely. Perfect. Um, we are joined tonight by two special guests um, who I think are going to be particularly excited about this game. So, first of all, uh, welcome Six Keys. Hello. And uh, also, welcome Arshak. Ahlan Sahlan, Assassins. Nice, That's mate. Welcome. Now, Arshak, <laughs> I think we need to explain your connection and why this game for you is probably particularly important and interesting. Um, my connection to this game. Uh, well, this game, Assassin's Creed Mirage, is set in uh, ancient Baghdad. Uh, I come from Baghdad, which is uh, which is amazing, and. And yeah, like the this is the city, uh, like Assassin's Creed has finally come to the to my birthplace, which is amazing. Uh, like I can't wait to see how it was back in the day when it, when it was beautiful. It's it's been one of the nice things I, I've enjoyed in the last few weeks. Um, following you um assassin m on twitter is just and others is just how happy um fans in the middle east are about seeing their language represented and some of their history represented um in this game and it just warms my heart i must say i'm really looking forward to it oh yeah we have like a whole group chat going of like how we can how we can uh improve improve uh like the perception of arabic uh thing with 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 Assassin's Creed Mirage, which is amazing. Like I think mm. the collaboration between us is is going great. Mm. Um and I'm I'm making uh friends out of them, you know? They're they're amazing, amazing people. One thing I will say, and I didn't of course I guess why would I spot it, but when we saw the logo I thought, that's a nice logo, that's pretty. It's Arabic mm. calligraphy. I didn't know Arabic calligraphy was a thing, but it's fantastic how they've hidden the phrase um, in the logo using Arabic calligraphy. Yes, how they've hidden the hidden one. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Talking uh, of the hidden one, um, Six Keys, we're going to see your boy, Basim. He's back. I know. <laughs> Um, and I'm trying not to squee. <laughs> it's allowed. It's allowed. <laughs> have you seen the uh, the little sneaky screenshot of the Prince of Persia pack? Me? Yes. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> How would Understood. she not see it? <laughs> you know, I mean, I would assume so, but it's always polite to to ask and not assume. Um, yes, I, I believe that's going to be a popular one <laughs> with the fans. <laughs> Topless uh, woohoo! Absolutely, and photo mode. I mean, come on, my word. They have to um, have the towel in there, just as a fan service, you know. Oh, this, please. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there has to be Basim's yeah. bath towel. Like, absolutely. J- just have it as a UB Connect reward, you know? Like, yes. <laughs> there we go. 
Mm-hmm. I'll take uh. any skins that's like the more that you have like that shows skin, I'm I'm all for it. <laughs> it's uh it's getting warm in here. Um <laughs> and it, and we're not even five minutes in. I know. Declan, no. get get us on track, mate. Where do we start with this thing? Are you excited? Um see I wanna offer my thoughts, but I know people are not gonna be happy with my thoughts. Personally, from a story point of view, I'm kind of concerned about Mirage. Um, because how I pictured with Bassem being the modern day protagonist, I expected his story to grow over the modern day. So we'll get cutscenes in modern day where Rebecca's like, so, you know, how, how did you remember Loki? How did you remember those memories? And that would then cue into like a proper heartfelt cutscene or something with Basim telling the story. But it feels like now they don't have to ever make them cutscenes because they'll just say, well, we don't have to give fans that modern day fan service because the game prequels out. So if they want to know that story, just go play the old games. We don't need to ever address it in modern day. So I don't know, it's kind of weird. I'm excited for the game because it's a new set and I'm, I don't know very well in history, so I'm very excited to learn about the history and the culture. So that's a big win. Gameplay looks fantastic, even though Basim looks like he breaks one of the creeds at the start because he doesn't really seem to hide in plain sight on that bench, <laughs> dropping a smoke bomb. But I don't know, I think it'll be a good game. I've pre-ordered it, so I'm hyped. Um, Ash, You've pre-ordered it? Okay. Yes. I'm, it's Assassin's Creed. I'm not to be rude. Right now, they could put Assassin's Creed Pong for twenty quid, and I would pre-order it. Yeah, I'm so far down the rabbit hole. Assassin's Creed just has to stick a label on it, and I'm done. <laughs> um, Ash. Um, uh, yeah, thing like I get you. I get your point of like him, him not doing the hide in plain sight uh, thing, ju- like justice in that. A particular scene but like i i kind of disagree with you um just because like he was hiding in plain sight as a beggar and then and then he went out and straight up killed people that's like the same imagery uh where where Ezio killed a florentine uh a thing a florentine noble in the first trailer of of assassin's creed um of, of assassin's creed 2 like uh he basically paid some courtesans and then the florentine was like dancing and then he just like went for it uh like i compared it to that like he he hid in plain sight and then he made like a whole show uh, um of like there you go templars now it's your turn uh to to like you know tr- you know try and catch me uh, Basim and Ezio are kind of like you know they're cheeky like that they're they're charismatic like that so yeah that's what I was ge- what I was getting from the trailer I, I yeah, do actually I do agree with you sorry six keys no I was just gonna say uh, yeah that that's something that I was really excited about because that's what social stealth is it's like you hide in plain sight until you get the perfect opportunity to strike. And that's exactly what it was in that trailer. I really hope that that's an actual feature in the game. It, so do, it, so do it, I, it's to not, be honest. 
if it's not a feature, I'm writing. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Like just God. actually having that thing, like where you just where you sit on a bench and pretend to be a beggar or something, and just launch yourself into an assassination. That would be so amazing. I can already imagine my my uh, screen capture of doing that. But anyway, <laughs> James, you were going to say something. I, I was going to sort of just follow on from what from what you and all three of you were saying, which is. Now, of course, we, we haven't seen real gameplay yet. We've just seen, I guess, the cinematic trailer. But if a lot of the little segments in that trailer, if they are modeled on what they are planning or hoping <laughs> hoping to, to be in the game, I, I mean, I'm I'm not a hype person, right? I'm 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 pretty cautious generally. So I'm not kind of yet hyped, but <laughs> I'm trying to stay calm. And if we do get things like bench assassinations, chain assassinate, chain assassinations, if I can say that. Um, there was one bit uh, just further on in that chase sequence where he, he, well, this is the bit I wanted to discuss. He throws what looks like a red smoke bomb, which just looks great anyway as a, as a visual. But then I, I, I watched it again and thought, is he actually throwing a smoke bomb or is he kind of, is he tipping over like a jar of, of spices or or chili powder or something like that to create the distraction or the chase breaker um, in that sequence. And it did make me wonder if, from a gameplay point of view, are they going to make more of the, what we would consider tools more environmental? Like in, in another part of the, the chase sequence, he pulls over a um, like a, a merchant stand to, to stop the guards. And I'd love the idea of running through um, the game and you get little contextual interaction points, you know, Tappy at this point and Basim will pull over a stand or Tappy at this this spice seller stand and he'll throw a big cloud of spice behind him to to slow down or delay the guards. So I, maybe they won't. Maybe it will just be very traditional smoke bombs, parkour. And that's fine. I'm happy with that. But I did, I did see little glimpses in that trailer where I thought this could be really cool, not just going back to the old ways and tools. And they've said very clearly they're modeling it different parts of it on AC1 and certain parts on Unity and so on. But if they actually then took it a step forward and made the environment more usable, the environment is a tool. Um, so I'm, 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 I'm still cautious because I'm not a hype guy, but uh, I am very, very interested. Let's put it like that. Over to you, Six Keys. Uh, I was going to say that they did, as far as I remember, they did actually confirm that well, of course, you never know. Things are going to change, but that at least that's what they want to deliver is those destructible merchant stands. So uh, that's... that's okay. It, it's kind of... I Of course, we don't know how it's going to work. AC1 uh, already had those uh, in a way that you can throw guards into a structure and it will collapse mm. on them. So we don't know if it's going to be like you mentioned, you know, that maybe you could have like a contextual... You get like a button prompt... Uh, that's something different, or they could just have these destructible things, just like in AC1, where it's not so much a quick time action or something like that, but more like you can throw people into structures. But we don't know how how it's going to work yet. Yeah, yeah. Go on, Arshak. Um, I uh, I want to see like. Basim running away from the guards and then we we have like this uh toggle uh well this interaction button 
when we're right next to a stand, when we hit, for example, square, uh, Basim can just like, you know, just like ruin the whole merchant stand and then continue on running uh, like seamlessly, like without stopping. Basically what happened in the trailer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. What do you what do you think, Declan? Um, to be honest, what I was actually thinking is completely different to you all. When I saw the red um, smoke bomb, I was thinking of like the Galal powder that the people use in the Hindi Festive Light. And I was thinking, because there's some RPG elements in this game, could we get crafting tools like smoke bombs where you could use different colored powder, like Galal powder, to change the color of smoke bombs? So you could have some that are standard smoke, but you could change the colors like a red color, green, because to be honest, that makes some killer photo mode shots if you could customize oh, the tools. Would be cool. So you're thinking like the Revelation style, lots of different yeah. bombs, ingredients, recipes, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, and if there is, I don't know if Galal powder is something that, or some equivalent, but I think that'd be really cool to have that sort of extra ingredient to make an extra flare into it. It'd be kind of fun. I'm ready all... for our rainbow assassin. Absolutely. <laughs> Six keys is on my mind. I'll put as many powders in just for the, <laughs> just for the photo mode. Just have like this photo mode shot with like, you launch 10 different colored smoke bombs and then put Bassam in the middle. <laughs> oh my God. That would be so cool. I think I, I, I can already see the microtransactions of like, Oh, you can have yellow uh, smoke bombs. You can have uh rainbow color. Oh, smoke bombs. No, don't give them ideas for God's sakes. No, no. <laughs> glitter smoke bombs. At least it's glitter true. on Bassam's body as he now, runs through them. <laughs> That and I blame it believe. on Anima's glitches. Yep. Hey, look, I mean, if you... we can, if we can have a uni bear, we can have a glitter bomb, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, you you could have different colors denoting different properties of smoke bombs. Like mm. one, let's say, one is actually filled with sleep powder. Uh, another with berserk powder. You know, <laughs> oh. one is just for smoke screen. That would be cool. I think, like going back to AC four Black Flag days, um, of like, doesn't Bassem have like a blowpipe of sorts too? I think they said the blowpipe will be there as a tool. I yeah, I have heard that or read that. Yeah, they did mention that, like in Valhalla, you didn't actually technically you didn't have smoke bombs because they weren't invented yet as i understand it so you had or at least they weren't in that part of the world uh, so you had avor like she could uh hit a sack of flour and that would create the smoke effect which i thought was clever oh, uh, but they did confirm that in in mirage they are going to give players tools even if it's not technically necessarily historically accurate um just to kind of make gameplay more fun. Because in Valhalla, you often had, you did have smoke bombs, but they were like tied to weapon perks or armor perks. And people didn't always really like that. So it was more like, you know, if you get three perfect parries in a row, then you drop a smoke bomb automatically. But people kind of want that control over when when they can use tools and in what Mm. situations. Mm. 
It's um, one thing I wanted to ask. I don't know if this has been mentioned by any of the devs yet, but do you know if we're still going to have this adrenaline resource or is it going to be back to just having a finite set of tools and ammunition? Has they haven't mentioned, mentioned that yet. No, okay. God, I, I hope, I hope, I hope it's the latter. I, I just want tools and ammunitions. Just make it yep. a small game. Don't, don't overcomplicate it with like tools and and like uh, abilities. I know we will have some tools, but like, um, having having that meter of like, what is it called again? It's like a meter of uh. They call it adrenaline in um, yeah, in adrenaline. The RPG games, yeah. Yeah, like I like I don't like that that option because because it it disables my my uh my intent of action for like yeah for like what uh ten seconds or like five seconds and I, and I need it at that moment and it's like come on dude like I I, I just want to use my my ammunition set but yeah. That's that's my thought on it, uh, Declan. Um, I just want to bring up two points. First one, in the terms of the adrenaline, which is classed as a mana wheel in most RPGs, I mean the way they make it around it is crafting, because crafting would act the same way as mana wheel. So if you have five smoke bombs that are OP, it's the same as saying I've got five smoke bombs that I can only use on five adrenaline bars. So instead of adrenaline, and then it's that's it's that more of a realistic risk reward of okay, if I craft ten, that's ten uses. But if I don't, then I can't complain that I've got no smoke bombs. So, um, that'd be a good way of leveling it. But the comment I wanted to make was a great segue from six keys is using tools that may not be historically accurate. One could argue with what Darby mentioned. I think it was either on the Sisterhood server or Twitter. He mentioned about remembered history instead of actually being real history when you view genetic memories. So one could argue that even if the tools are not historical because they're not written down, they're still part of a remembered history. So you could argue that in that time zone for the uh, hidden ones, those tools were historically accurate because they created them just because nobody written down, if that makes sense. Yeah, the hidden ones have, of course, always been kind of ahead of their times in some ways. Like Leonardo da Vinci in AC2 was kind of used as a loophole to allow Ezio to have the hidden gun, which wouldn't have otherwise made sense. And, you know, having all these or or like a parachute in Brotherhood and stuff like that. So, (laughs) yeah, a parachute, uh, I mean, Leonardo da Vinci did create a parachute that um well he, he didn't create it he just like sketched it out but like yeah I, I agree like they took their liberties to like actually make the parachute and uh and for SEO to like descend down uh but yeah like whatever leonardo had in his calculations was effective back then he he even says like you know it would be effective to do this he just never did the things that he planned out um but yeah go ahead can i ask you all a quick question on this topic so let's assume for a minute that uh basim gets a fixed number of tools we saw in this tray like poison gas emitting 
mines, we saw potentially this red smoke bomb. Now, let's assume that a historian says actually none of these things existed until the 11th century or whatever. Is that going to bother any of you? No, not really. Uh, I think like for for me, like if you have smoke bombs and and some ways where I can be a sneaky assassin and you portray history right in the game story, I'm okay with that. Like gadgets are, are gadgets are are just gonna be a player's choice of like handling things. It's not it's... gonna bother me because of like what I mentioned that assassins have always been sort of ahead of the curve. So you can suspend your disbelief to the extent that maybe they had secret knowledge that they were able to make these tools before it was discovered by the rest of mankind, that kind of thing. I'm fine with that. As long I mean, as it's not... What I don't like is if, if it goes too far, but I kind of doubt that they will do that. Mm, like, mm. I mean, like fantasy weapons and stuff like that. Yeah, as long, I, as, uh, as, long as Basim doesn't get like a Gatling gun or something. Like yes. That. <laughs> yeah. God, no. <laughs> that... <laughs> Coming to that, a Helix store near you. Exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that that would be like a boundary crossing. Like, you know, it's like uh it's like, dude, no guns, no 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 sort of like anything. I don't even want them to like uh like for example, I'm pretty sure Bassam is gonna get something out of the house of wisdom. Um like some type of gadget from there, from like an inventor of the time. Um but I swear, if they if they show like a codex for, uh, wait, did did Altair create the gun codex thing? He did, yeah. So 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 he like uh he like came up with it. Pe- people before cannot cannot have like a gun that shoots uh. A, a blade that shoot that shoots out like a gun, right? No. Oh, I see yes. your point. Right. I mean, not I mean, not with bullets and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. I don't want that to happen. <laughs> you know. Mm. Mm. Um, but James, you're going to say something. I was just going to make a very quick point, and again, this is we we won't know until till we play the game. But I I'm, I'll be curious as to how. We don't know how many tools Basim will have. We've seen a couple of sort of bomb-type weapons. We've seen Roshan, which we'll, we'll get to her in a minute, throwing uh, with throwing knives. That might be it, but there might be more tools. Uh, be, potentially there's a blowpipe as well. I'll just be curious as to how the game will evolve and progress. You know, will, will these be skills that Basim has to learn from a skill tree and you have to take the choice as the player? Or will it be more like um, AC2 and Brotherhood where at certain... Yeah, more AC2, where certain points in the story, you know, Ezio learns a new skill from one of the other characters, like he learns the climb leap, or he's taught how to blend and pickpocket at the end of a certain um, sequence. So I'll just be curious to see, how, will will Basim get access to tools as he progresses as an assassin and through the story, or will it be a case of, you know, you're there still be some of those sort of RPG light elements where you learn XP and then you'll decide, you know, do you want Basim to learn throwing knives or throwing knives level two or, you know, whatever. I'll just be curious. I'm not sure if I have a particular preference 
at the moment, but it will just be interesting to see. Over to you, Declan. I know I'm going to get absolute lynch for this, but I hope it's a skill tree because learning from the mentor would make a lot of sense, but also learning in the skill tree will also show how Basim's going from the street urchin to assassin. You know, he's learning because this is, uh, they've described it as a coming in the age story for Basim. So having a unity style skill tree, I wouldn't say anything as big as Origins of Valhalla, but a very small way to unlock tools, or you unlock the knowledge and then you go back to your mentor to train them as you would in AC1 where you go to the ring and you'll learn like, the counterattack. I think that would build up more realistic of Basim evolving and growing, but I don't know. I think it's going to have RPG elements, so maybe it's just like AC1 and AC2's fighting ring where you go there and you suddenly learn them, which I think wouldn't be really... I don't know what the word is, but wouldn't really be believable for him growing as an assassin, in my opinion. Um, I think Ash's mic's broke. <laughs> it did go very quiet there. Can you hear us, Arshak? Uh, yeah, can you hear us? Yes, mate, you're back. Okay, uh, cool, cool, awesome. Yeah, something happened in there, but uh, I didn't touch anything. Uh, anyway, uh, I think, were you finished with your point, uh, Declan? I, uh, I yeah, I was, buddy. Okay, um, but yeah, like, I, I, I agree with, like, De- Declan's point of view of, like, having a skill tree, but, like, not having a skill tree that is, like, valhalla like you know just like go any way you uh, go any way you want have the viking dash have the um have have all sorts of skills that like you know if you get to it you have it i uh i i don't like that like you know that's like oh okay i i can do um i can like run into an enemy right now or or I can do like this extra skill um, or something when there was like nothing to like teach me how to do that skill. Um, what I, what I suggest is have, have the skill tree uh, blocked into levels. So like if, uh, if you, if you reach level three, um, you'll, you'll unlock these skill sets. If you reach level four, you'll unlock those skill sets. Um, That would, that would be like a, not only would it be like having the player uh, play the game and learning new skills, but like um, it just, it fits into the story really well. And it, and it delivers on having Basim, come from like this uh you know st- uh, street thief into a master assassin with all these skills you know it's it's going to be i'm i'm genuinely curious just to see because they've said very clearly this is going to be you know I, I don't think the developers have said this but i think it's been quoted or or paraphrased in the press as you know a, a return to basics which I think you can kind of interpret however you like. But the developers have very clearly said they want this to be kind of an homage to the first game, taking lots of elements from all the other games. So I'm just generally fascinated to see, genuinely fascinated to see 
what will they do with the things that we've become very familiar with over Origins, Odyssey and Valhalla, adrenaline, tools, skill tree, XP, all this stuff that for the last five years has been kind of core to how these games progress you and progress your character. Will they just delete it all and and just go back to tools and we each of us as players progress at the same rate through the chapters or through the, the sequences or whatever they call them. I get maybe they'll go back to call them memories rather than um, quests. Who knows? And um, but yeah, I'm just really interested to see what can the developers do with this kind of focus and approach. Um, you know, for for such a different style of game to what we've we've had for the last last while. Um, you both got your hands up. Six keys. Go ahead. Uh, I think I read somewhere that they mentioned that they're not going to have a, a whole different slew of weapons like Valhalla or, or any of the RPG games where uh, instead they are hoping to model it after AC4 where you only had four weapons, basically. You had your fists, hidden blade, <laughs> short blade, and your sword. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting because Valhalla's main loop, basically, is everything is about loot. Like, even in the, you know, we don't know how the Tombs of the Fallen Part 2 is going to work out, but people are already kind of expecting, you know, they've been guessing what's in the vault, you know, that, that's been locked all this time. And it's kind of like, is it just going to be another weapon or armor set? Because everything in that game revolves around finding finding weapons and finding armor sets, basically. Yeah, and I think it, it's it's interesting that they are, if if that's going to be what what ends up happening in Mirage is if they're actually going to pare down the weapons to those four essentials. Because that's what I love about AC One is that each weapon has a specific purpose. Like the short blade is not. It maybe doesn't do as much damage as the sword, but it's it's faster, uh, and you can also it's it doubles as hidden. Uh, I mean, uh, it doubles as throwing knives as well. Um, and then the sword, of course, does more damage, and it's uh, I think better at blocking as well. And the hidden blade, you can't block with it, uh, but you can one shot kill if you if you get the timing right. And then the fists, of course, are, are just used for beating up people for information. So I love that each weapon actually has a purpose. And it's not just, oh, I guess I'm going to get a new spear now because because spears are cool, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, here is oh here is a bright, bright spear named Gungnir. I found it. Um... Out of nowhere. Yeah, just randomly sitting in this rock somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I got I gotta give Valhalla like some 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 sort of credit. It was it was a game that that had a lot of content in it, um, but like you know, it, 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 it's like without these contents, you wouldn't have like um, so so much development development life cycles um you know making mirage making um ac 
AC Red, Hexe, and stuff and stuff like that. Like uh, Valhalla gave a really uh, long time, like two years time, to like work work on these games, and like you know that's why I'm like very anticipated to like see it. Um, yeah, especially that it's being handled by a very new. Uh, I I don't know if it's very new, but but it, it, it's a studio that that we do not know of except I mean I think they did the the Wrath of the Druids, uh DLC, but um, but yeah, like I'm really excited uh, about Ubisoft Bordeaux getting to uh make this and keeping it short, and then afterwards. Um, if if AC Red follows like the Valhalla, uh, the Valhalla way of doing things or the Odyssey way of doing things, it's a hundred fifty hour game. They probably will, but I, I mean, it remains up to them and the fan feedback. Uh, go ahead, James. Just on the on the studio point, I think now I'm, I I may get the names wrong. I don't think Bordeaux Bordeaux are leading the development of Mirage, but I think it was UB. Montpellier that led Wrath of the Druids. I can't remember. It doesn't matter. I've I've heard some people with sort of very negative um, thoughts. Oh, you know, there's a new or relatively new studio working on Mirage. It's probably going to suck. Um, and I'll be honest, I don't take that that attitude. Maybe I'm maybe I'm an optimist, but I like the idea of a studio with fresh ideas and fresh people. And you know what? Ultimately, it might suck, but I, but maybe it won't. And maybe people approaching it, you know, in this way, saying, right, we know what we want to base it on. We've got some clear ideas. We're borrowing lots of segments or ideas from from earlier games, but also we're not ten. What's the right way of saying it? Our our approach and our thoughts are not constrained by the games that we've been working on for many years before. So, I'm I'm always an optimist, and I'll be very interested just to see what they can deliver. Um, go on, six keys. Uh, I just think it's also many of these smaller studios have worked on the DLCs for, uh, you know, uh, I don't remember which one, which studio did what, but, you know, Odyssey's DLCs with uh, Atlantis and yeah. uh, Tyranny of King Washington. Well, that was Quebec back then, but uh, what was, uh, um, uh, what's, what was, what was, uh, Origins had the, um, curse of the pharaohs and these of course you know they've you get these more fantasy dlcs which are not necessarily to everyone's taste but i do think a lot of them have whatever you may think of them they have a lot of interesting gameplay ideas yes and that's something that i really hope that we can see more of in the future is these studios clearly have some good ideas to to give them the opportunity to sort of spread their wings uh, whether it's inside AC or outside, maybe maybe they can work on their own games and and kind of explore what, whatever they want to do. But they often have this these great creative ideas that they bring into AC, and you're sort of you almost wish like you could see that in in the main games as well. It's like oh, it, this is such a cool mechanic. Why can't we have this in the main game? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You make it, you know, as you were speaking, I was about to say exactly the same thing. Seeing these new teams fly is is a really interesting thing. But you you took the words right out of my mouth. But yeah, yeah, I'm. It was. Um, I want to say it was. Um, 
wasn't it Montpellier that did Dead Kings and Jack the Ripper? I think. I think it was. It was the, I, maybe I've got the studio wrong, but it was the same studio that did both, and they they've got they both had nice little evolutions of the base game, um, plus some really nice change to um, to the atmosphere of the base game. So yeah, I'm I'm all for for the smaller studios trying stuff. You know, try it. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But, you know, it, it will be good that they've tried. So, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm always um, positive and interested. Um, can we talk about a big topic that was, a, it was a part of the trailer, right at the end of the trailer. And then it's been a big discussion over the weekend with them, um, with Darby sharing some of his kind of, um, writer's thoughts on the topic of sages. So can we talk about the djinn? And I'm wondering, Arshak, if you could maybe explain to us what is a djinn from a, from a cultural point of view, from a storytelling point of view, from a religious point of view, and maybe we can go from there. Well, um, a djinn, uh, a djinn is like, basically, uh, they're, they're crafted, uh, in, in 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 Islamic tradition to be from uh, prehistoric fires uh thing like they are um they are spiritual beings that uh can see hu- humans and interfere in their lives uh but but humans can only see uh a, a jinn if it takes a form that allows itself to be seen, uh, to be seen in there, uh, which like which is rare when it happens. So like I think it happening to Basim um, is one of those rare instances where uh, I think it's happening to a human, which a genie uh, uh, like it, it takes a form that that is allowing him uh to see it you know and they uh, they are like they do come uh they they appear through uh smoke too and like they can uh shapeshift uh, as well but like uh, upon my research like uh this uh, they appear through smoke was pretty interesting because in the trailer you see you see a jinn appearing through smoke and i'm like whoa <laughs> so yeah um i think one of the things i found research because i found quite a lot the same as you ash because mythologies and supernatural stuff is like up my up my alley i'll find anything and the thing that caught my eye in one of the articles is Sometimes Jin can only overtake somebody through possession when they're at their weakest. And that got me thinking, when you look at Assassin's Creed with sages, there is a lot of talk that a lot of sage memories resurface when people are remembering specific events. So Sigurd losing his arm, he remembers Tyr's memories, Eivor being attacked by the wolf. So you would then argue that Basim's weakest moment would be losing his family, will be what awakens his real memories from being um, Loki, which then, I know it's not a possession, as what Darby did discuss, 
but you could look at it that the jinn takes over at Basim's weakest moment, so the memories resurface at Basim's weakest moment, if that makes sense. Yeah, and and um, I mean, uh, historically speaking, I mean this is this is like in the in the eight like uh eight hundreds and stuff like that, and like um, if if Islamic uh tra- tradition is like uh, I mean, the jinn is written in the quran itself and uh like it 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 does mention like three types of uh like spiritual beings like angels demons and jinn and if uh basim is living in this in this time period and he has this like or already has like a uh his own thoughts his own beliefs so when this big moment happens in his life uh he's already uh, he's gonna start thinking of, of like oh god like you know the jinn the jinn of um uh, my son is coming after me or, or or of like uh one of his family members uh is coming uh after me you know uh like that's how he'll be connected to Loki. Like he wouldn't, he, he wouldn't know of Loki uh, just as is. He needs to be there. There has to be like a messenger to introduce him to a Loki version. So yeah, like uh, that's how I see it coming. Like memory gets, uh, well, not, Big shock factor, Jin, and then Loki uh, happens, you know, as as is. Uh, Six Keys, what's up? Uh, I wanted to ask, I'm curious if you know, uh, from a cultural perspective, uh, I think a lot of people in the West mostly know Jin or Genie <laughs> as something like in Aladdin, you know, as just this like, fantastical creature, um, something from a fairy tale. Uh, but do you think, is there, I don't know if you're religious personally or not, but uh, do you think that's something that they need to sort of tread carefully in depicting it in a respectful way? Like, is it is, are genies comparable to angels and demons, or are they specific to Islam or something? Um... I don't I don't think I mean um I've seen I've seen the works of of genies in in is, Islam works uh like in in Arabic works uh so so I think like they do originate uh in an Islam world because if the Quran is talking about uh, if the Quran is talking about them then uh, they are of specific importance of the Quran. And um, I think the start of Islam, like the start of Islam is marked in the year 610, right? 
uh, and we're playing in uh, 800 something, uh, like it's before 860, isn't it? 850, 860, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 850, 860. So like um, around this time, uh, Islam has has lived on for like 200 years. Plus, if you have like these these words written in there about about the the genie, uh, then Basim would come to believe in them just just because they were written in, in, in the Quran. So like, um, if they would portray the Islam world in Assassin's Creed Mirage. Uh, I say, I say they they should take it from like uh, you know, Islamic sco- scholars and yeah, tread tread lightly because um, it's a religion that they're that they're trying to interpret how it can best serve them in their story, you know. Does that answer your question, Six Keys? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I was just yeah. curious because, of course, you know, we've had AC3 where they tried their best to be respectful of native beliefs while also telling this story in a grounded way where, you know, they 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 didn't want to be re- disrespectful of things like, uh, you know, animal spirits or things like that. So they they kind of had to tread very carefully in depicting a culture that they that the developers themselves may not have been very familiar with. So I was just wondering if that's maybe something that is the case in Mirage as well, because in the West we have a very different uh, idea about genies Disney. Uh, than yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, so, but but um, in in Islamic works like uh, I think One Thousand and One Nights, uh, like the collection of like stories, um, I think it's genies are written as people. Who, well, not people. Sorry, uh, like beings that are a give and take kind of uh, kind of uh, being like. Like, like for example, in one of the stories, uh, uh, this sailor, um, this the, the this sailor, like a, f- a fisherman, is like fishing. He doesn't, uh, he doesn't catch anything d- during the day, and um, then he stumbles upon this, like, you know, past, like, emperor's uh, urn or something, and then he opens it up. And a genie comes out of it, and then he tricks the genie uh, back into the urn, and tells him like, uh, and then the genie tells him like, "Let me out, uh, and if you let me out, I won't do anything to you, and I'll grant you one wish." So you know he's like, he's like giving, but but then he's also taking. Uh, so yeah, the, there is some sort of like a give and take in the in the genie personality i just uh, i just don't know what uh but i think basim would 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 give his body um 
to the jinn eventually but what's what's the jinn taking uh, uh i don't know how to word it but oh so you're saying that that with a with a jinn you you never get something for free if, if yeah, it gives you something yeah. it will take something back you know to to maintain balance or something like that yeah like like he gotcha. like like uh in that story he got let out and 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 the fisherman uh thing was able to fish in in the most prominent area of like fishing and like he he got he got this like uh very famous uh like very very rare fish or something like that but the jinn already took took his uh his deal and got freed basically uh so yeah like in in mirage's case like i have no idea how how it's gonna turn out i i have to think about it but um god knows like <laughs> we're we're, get, we're we're gonna see it in game um declan what's up so give and take got me thinking that the simple answer could be that Loki gives Basim his memories and what he takes is Basim's old life because I know it's not as Dabby explained it's not like a parasite taking over a host it's nothing like that but you've got to understand from a person's point of view that your life is the sum of your memories a man is the sum of his memories is a famous quote if you're suddenly given memories of your old life, how can you then go back to living your old life? How can you walk the same streets knowing that these, in another life, these streets were completely different? So the give and take could be that giving Basim his old memories back as Loki takes away his old life because he's no longer just Basim the street urchin. He's Basim who was a Nisu, you know, a Basim who was there when the world fell apart, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, also like memory, like maybe Basim cannot live with, uh, with what has happened to, to his family. And like, you know, uh, the, the Jin the jinn can take some of that misery away and like let him have like this uh advantage like you know a deified advantage over uh over the situations he's going to handle or something like that it might it might be something like something like that uh james I was I was listening to the conversation over the last few minutes, and and two things occurred to me, which I don't know yet. Maybe we, there's no way. Maybe someone will speculate and get it right. But the elephant in the room is that we know because we've already played Valhalla that Basim, and this kind of my understanding of how these Aesir sages works is is perhaps wrong based on on the the explanation that Darby gave. Because um, I, I kind of interpreted Loki, Havi, um, Tyr, etc., etc., as kind of like a a fully complete 
consciousness slash personality that's just repressed or, or shut down and then it becomes activated and, and it, 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 you know, it, it, um, it fights with the host. So Odin kind of fights with Eivor, Loki fights with Basim for, for control of the body, should we say. So the, the two consciousness, consciousnesses are fighting for control of the physical form. That's how I kind of understood what Valhalla was presenting to me on the screen. And, and at certain points, like when Basim, I think it's in the final showdown with Eivor in Yggdrasil, I think Basim says a line, something like, um, all this time you were right in front of me. So he's not speaking like Basim, who is accessing intermittently certain memories of Loki. He's speaking to me as Loki, which kind of conflicts with how Darby said, I wrote these or I imagined these sages more as hidden memories for that like an, an amnesiac would have that they would sometimes be able to recall these memories so there's that fact that we know from from Valhalla so 10 15 years in the future of the game story that we're going to get in Mirage that this kind of transformation will happen and um, but what we've also been told uh, there was a tweet I think from Sarah Beaulieu who whose name I've probably horribly mispronounced she's the um narrative director, I believe, for, for Mirage. She has said that myth is not one of the core components or one of the core pillars of the game. So what I'm just wondering, and, and Six Kids, I'll hand over to you in just a sec. Um, I'm just wondering how will they... Sorry, the other component is because we've played Valhalla, I think we, we're going into this game with an expectation that we're going to see Loki or we're going to see Basim's quote-unquote transformation. So I just wonder how the developers and the writers are going to square this circle of what we know happens in Valhalla versus what we've kind of interpreted or understood from how these sages work versus the, the long kind of conversation that we had on Twitter over the weekend um, with Darby and lots of other people chipping in with really interesting interpretations and thoughts of how these these sages work or don't work. Um, so I, again, don't really have a point, just that I'll be curious as to how they 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 kind of don't use myth as a pillar, but also address what players were probably going to expect to see. So over to you, Six Keys. So uh, I feel like the reason that there, <laughs> I feel like there has to be a reason why Darby took this moment uh, to kind of clarify this, because mm, uh, of course yes. a lot of people have been <laughs> speculating about the. The assumption, I think, for most people was that the Jin equals Loki, and that Loki is like a separate entity uh, who takes over Basim, who is like that there are two separate people. But then Darby, of course, wanted to clarify how he has always written sages, and I feel like there's a reason why he's doing that. Um, so it's probably something that we will see in Mirage, that th this is the way they are handling it in that game. So, uh, but what I f find interesting is that now that, uh, you know, Sarah clarified with her comments that mythology is not part of their core pillars and, uh, you know, that that they have seen all the theories floating around and none of them are correct so yes. far. Yeah. <laughs> um, what I find interesting is that now people are sort of starting to wonder, well, if it's not Loki, then what is it? What does it represent? And I've already seen, uh, I think, Ceres 07 
mentioned, like oh, yeah. it could be a representation of trauma, for example, that maybe maybe it represents uh, Basim's nightmares that he's having for some reason. Uh, maybe it represents uh, his trauma about his family because there's apparently some sort of betrayal that, you know, his father was the architect of the Great Mosque of Samara, but then he was uh, exiled uh, and somebody else took credit for his work and he, he died in poverty, stuff like that. So there's there's clearly a lot of issues that <laughs> that he's working through. So it could be that. But I'm also wondering... Why do we see the djinn at the specific moment that we do in the trailer? Why does it appear at the moment of an assassination? Um, I may have a theory. But the problem with my theory is it relies on mythology. So I know my theory is completely wrong already, but I think it's important to think about, and that's... <laughs> Loki is based off the Norse mythology, and I know from conversation Darby, he he's read, must have read a lot of Norse myth, but nobody in the games yet has explored Darby. I mean, not Darby, Loki's children. We all are assuming that Loki's children uh, in the whole Valhalla sequence is Fenrir, who was bound, Hel, who we see in Dawn of Ragnar and the new DLC, and Jormungandr, who is totally off screen. But there's actually two other kids Loki has, and Loki is responsible for the death of one of the kids. By Loki killing Boulder, his punishment in myth um, when he was caught was he was ta- bound to a rock, and when he was bound to the rock, his son was forced in front of Loki's eyes to kill his brother. Because it was the same punishment as Loki killing a sibling because it's a very big act. And it's got me wondering that what if Basim himself was accidentally responsible for the death of one of his children? I know people don't agree because it's a trauma should not be used like that as a story beat in Assassin's Creed. But for me, for Basim's struggle and with the assassination of taking a life, I really think that death plays a very much important on what's weighing on Basim's mind, and I really think that his actions as an urchin or something may have cost him the life of one of his family members, not specifically a child, but I really think that when people say, like, you know, what's triggered the memories with Loki, is it that his son was bound and then killed because of Harvey? Is it because his daughter was banished to another realm? Is it because his third child was um, in the myth chained somewhere, uh, wrapped around the world, but I know Jesus can't be wrapped around the world. But it's just thinking that no one's ever explored that it could be that Loki in the myth was responsible for his son killing his son. So you could then probably think that maybe his anger with Odin is that Odin wanted blood for blood, so an eye for an eye. So to lose a son, he must take a son, and to do that, he took Loki's child, and in the same punishment as Loki killing Boulder, he made Loki's eldest kill his youngest, if that makes sense. I know mythology is wild, <laughs> and it may, 
it's probably off topic completely, but it's just got me thinking that we don't know anything about Loki's family in the games, and maybe his two secret children may have something to do with it. Um, six keys. Yeah, that's of course a possibility. I'm just thinking if it's a smaller game, <laughs> I feel like that would require a lot of explaining from their part, you know, to go into all of that, like to explain, oh, this is something that happened in the mythology to Loki. And here we have a, a reflection of that in Basim's life. And it's like a, that's a huge thing Hopefully. that they would have to explain. <laughs> Hopefully they don't go into any mythological wor- worlds or anything like that. Like, uh, um, because that's the additional uh, explanation that will happen or, or something like that. But yeah, like, uh, just yeah, I feel like that would be that would be overcomplicating what could be a pretty straightforward story. Yeah, yeah. But uh, what what I was thinking is. Um, of course, this is just a theory at, at the moment, but I'm curious why the djinn in the trailer appears at the moment of the assassination. And like you mentioned, Declan, is that it could be some, could have something to do with death. You know, it could be uh, representative of Basim's memories of something like a, the death of a family, family member or a friend or, you know, who knows. Uh or it could be also representative of some kind of guilt. So, like, he, we see in this moment where he kills a person, and that's when the djinn appears. So it's like, why, why does it emerge at that moment? Uh, is it maybe that he feels some sort of guilt about who he's becoming? Is he maybe feeling guilty about that he's become a murderer, you know, wrestling with all these heavy emotions? Maybe there's something he recognizes inside of him because, like, right before he plunges the blade into his target, he has this kind of very cold expression. And it, it could be that he, he's maybe afraid of what he's starting to recognize inside himself. And that's represented by the jinn. So that's that's my theory at the moment. <laughs> it could be that he enjoyed it, and then he's frightened of the fact that he found himself enjoying it. Yeah. Um, or I mean, it, like, like I think I forget who said it earlier, but it could be he may have observed the death of his family. He may have accidentally contributed to it. And yeah, like you said, Six, he's, he's kind of seeing like a reflected guilt, which manifests itself as this gin. Um, I want to ask you all a quick question. I know uh, lots of hands are up here, so we'll, we'll go to each of you um, to make a push. But just a very quick question for, for all three of you. Um, start with Declan. If it's left unexplained or ambiguous, or if we kind of don't mention Loki at all, or again, it's left very ambiguous, would that bother you? Or would you kind of be satisfied with the the open-endedness of it? That's a question for all three of you, but Declan, you go first, mate. Of course it's going to bother me. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, <Fair enough. laughs> I've been here 15 years because of the Isu. Like I, 
adore Isu history, I adore Isu law. Last three games given us mythology as an act towards mythology law, and now one of the most potent figures in Norse mythology. Um, um, potent figures Loki is getting this big setup, and Mirage is like, okay, let's just drop it. I'll be like, yeah, I'm already not happy that you're not explaining who his kids are in, in the whole scenario, but <laughs> I, I would be annoyed. Understood. What about you, Arshak? What would your reaction be if we didn't see, um, we kind of didn't fully explore or explain the djinn and Loki and everything else? Um, They have to explain. They have to explain uh, why Basim feels the way that he is and what what triggers him to uh let let loki in because um like it just uh when he had that traumatic experience loki was somehow awakened in him um i think like like that that's that's the way Darby explains it. It's like you know they, the um, the 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 Norse gods, uh, version of like the sages, uh, uh experience thing, uh, um, is that, uh, the person has to have have like that traumatic experience, and then Loki is uh, is triggered in him, and Basim or, or already said said yes to him uh from the events of valhalla how if 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 that's not in there it's gonna be a pretty like um kind of like it's not gonna lead up to ac valhalla like what i want to do is play ac mirage and then play valhalla again and and understand like loki you know understood mate that 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 makes sense It, it will be interesting to sort of go back to valhalla's story and certain cutscenes and conversations and then and then you'll be like ah yeah you'll you'll have that aha moment you know um i think which will pay it off in some sorts absolutely what about you six keys what how would you react to that if, if the story didn't cover those topics it depends on how it's depicted but i would be disappointed because it would feel like they're ignoring a huge part of the lore a huge part of why we even got this game in the first place <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah understood like understood. i'm okay if they don't go into everything like they don't need to do a whole previously in assassin's creed <laughs> kind no, of no. thing <laughs> with uh, you know like a recap of valhalla but uh, yeah. They don't need to go into all of the Isu stuff in the background for, you know, there, there might be new players who might be confused by that. Who knows? I would but, love... Uh, go ahead, guys. Sorry. No, no, no. That, uh, that uh, I would still like them to ex- at least have that, that, that we would see sort of the moment uh, when these two personalities start to meld into one. So... Yeah, they they definitely need to touch upon that in some way. Mm. I would I would love a scene, uh, like of like you know previously on uh, on Assassin's Creed with like William Miles again, 
just like <laughs> just like in Assassin's Creed 3 and then he'll end it w- with like now I got this guy bothering me from the past <laughs> um, that would be perfect <laughs> you know oh, no no oh, I've got a much better way so Mirage Mirage you click new game you get a black screen and the game loads and it's a black screen and all you hear is Warren Vidic's voice get in the animus Basim oh my god <laughs> And then we then we go straight to Bagdad. That's it. Just one line of dialogue. Of course, only, then, only the only problem is that Vidic is dead. I know, I know. We have to very seriously um, wreck on that one. But it would just be so funny to hear that voice from the past. You know, suddenly say, "Get in the animus, Basim." Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry, um, but Arshak, I think you wanted to make a point uh, and move actually, on to a new point. Actually, real quick, just mm. upon that point, what do we call him? Is he Basim or is he Loki in modern mm. day? Let's call him Basim or Loki. No, but I mean, like that—that's something that they—they they haven't addressed in Valhalla. Like, what do Sean and and Rebecca call him? Is he Loki or is he Basim? He's Boki. <laughs> Basim. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh dear. Oh, the hot one. The police call him the hot one. Is <laughs> the Norse god? Which one? The hot one. <laughs> Imagine, imagine Loki eating pokey. <laughs> oh no! I feel a whole new meme series coming on. Um... We already had a question about whether, uh, you know, whether Basim would eat pineapple on pizza or not. Oh, oh no. yeah! Don't reopen that wound. Oh my word! <laughs> but I, I believe you recently tried it, Six Keys, and liked it. Yeah, I mean, as far as I can like pizza. Mar- Marco might be hearing us, guys. <laughs> oh, no. We've just had our, our, our entry to Italy cancelled if we ever want to visit. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. We still have sorry. We still have sorry. True. <laughs> All right. Arshak, did you want, you wanted to move on, I believe, to something else? Yeah. Um, I think. I, I, I wanted I wanted to move on to uh, one of the other m- more prominent uh, characters in the AC Mirage trailer, mm. Roshan. Um, and 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 just like you know, uh, dive in deep and like see uh, see what you know what's up with Roshan. Uh, what what are you guys expecting um, Roshan's story to be and stuff like that? Uh, go ahead, James. I'll just make two quick points, and then I definitely want to hand over to Six Keys. Um, so I'll just say, just from the point of view of um, now, I guess this is more of a transmedia point than a than a game point. It's been a good year for um, for female mentors and other major characters. Um, we've got Roshan as the mentor of the Baghdad, or we don't know exactly what they're going to be called yet, but but the Brotherhood um, there in Baghdad. Um, we've had in in Magus conspiracy um, Amira, the the mentor of the Parisian Brotherhood in the eighteen fifties, and then in um, Sword of the White Horse, which takes place during Valhalla's time, we've had Marcella, who is a, a mentor from Rome, um, plus Neve, who is the kind of protagonist of that book. So it's been a it's been a good year for um, for actually having some some decent representation of, of women. But I was fascinated by Roshan, and I don't know her backstory, but I can't wait to find out more. Over to you, Six Keys. What was your reaction when we saw her in the trailer? I also wanted to mention that they've 
I've noticed that they've started using canon Eivor, aka female Eivor, more in all the trailers and crossovers as well. So that's that's a plus point for representation as well. Definitely, definitely. Um, but yeah, I, I unfortunately we don't know much about her at this point, but I already love her voice. <laughs> oh my um, word! Yes, amazing, <laughs> uh, and I love that we are actually going to have a mature woman, as they co- as they described her, um, as yeah. as the mentor, because it's not really something we see often, to be honest. Fifty and still kicking. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, like mm. she's about the same age probably as Ezio in Revelations, maybe. Maybe a little yeah. bit younger. Yeah. But, Is Ezio yeah. as old as fifty in Revelations? Probably I think he 60s. was even older. Wow. <laughs> probably he sixty. Was pu- he was pushing sixty. Yeah. Damn, dude can move. I'm impressed. Yeah. <laughs> I hope I can move that. No, I can't even move that well now. Whatever. Anyway. Um <laughs> yeah, it was it was the age as well as the gender I was really impressed by. How often are older women depicted in media even in film, I mean there are plenty of roles for, for older men and roles for older women seem a lot rarer. So, Yeah, and it's often yeah. kind of like, you know, they, they if it's a supporting character, they kind of pick her as like the eye candy for the male audience. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like that that's something that they're trying to avoid here, hopefully. AKA uh, that, that she's actually an interesting character in her own right. Mm. Mm. I heard that, Arshak, but I'm not going to react because I'm not <laughs> <laughs> She okay. She is cute. Okay. We, oh, I'm not saying she can't be yeah. cute. Yeah, I'm just saying she's she's not designed for the male gaze. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And what an entrance! Her her parkouring in, and she she parkours off one of the lamps or whatever your flower pots hanging yeah. from the corner into an, straight into an air assassination with the superhero landing. It was yeah, so I great. Think, <laughs> I think, but I I think that that uh, particular time in history. Where she saves Basim, she might be like thirty-five years old, or like, uh, like you know, just like in her late thirties, um, and and then like does like that doesn't it take a lot to become a master assassin, you know? You know what I mean? She I mean, will. Some of... She will age. Yeah, it's a good point. We don't know. I suppose how many years? Do we know how many years this story will cover? Um. I think the anarchy at Samara, well, that whole situation take, uh, takes place uh, between nine years. Uh, okay. eight, 861 to 869. So um, there's like a ballpark. <laughs> mm. Mm. Yeah. So she may be around 40 at the start of the story and around 50 at the end or... Start at fifty, end at sixty. We don't know, but it, it I will... wanted to ask. I wanted to ask at the end of Valhalla when when uh, when Hytham receives uh, receives a letter from like the Assassins Bureau or something like that. Um, wh- like it was the was the mentor that sent it the sa- the, the same person as as Roshan or no. No, no, right? that no. was uh, mentor Rayhan. Rayhan, right? So yeah. like so like Roshan would be this character of like, you know, uh she like she might be the one that betrays Basim. Um or not. I have no idea. But Or maybe that 
she does something that he perceives as a as a betrayal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. To like save the brotherhood or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Because the, we we do know that there's apparently going to be some clashes between them. Like he he starts off a little cocky and you know maybe crosses some lines that she's not too fond of. <laughs> so that there's gonna be some friction there. But yeah, yeah, basically. But um, we we do know that she was a, she was a slave before, um, before before coming in. Uh, but by the way, one person that that has been quiet in this conversation is Declan. What do you think of, about her? Um, to be honest, I think she's a really interesting character. Um, again, I know I'm gonna get lynched, but I would have you get pref- lynched a lot, bro. Yeah, my opinion, <laughs> you. I had to delete Facebook because half of these episodes in an old Assassin's Creed group I had on Facebook, my old threats I was getting from my comments was just stupid. <laughs> when I once mentioned that Ezio wasn't an assassin for ten years, yeah, I got some very dodgy reactions on Facebook. But oh man, <laughs> it's true though. Yeah, <laughs> but I think in my opinion. I would have rather seen her as the lead of Mirage instead of Basim, just because from a story point, as a person who's addicted to novels, you expect someone's story to evolve over time, not on in a prequel, if that makes sense. Like reading Harry Potter and Harry Potter's past is just answered in a prequel instead of over the next seven books. So I would have preferred if she was the lead of Mirage and there was a, an original story. And then Basim's stories evolve over the next games. But either way, I think she's a fantastic character and the voice is superb. Man, I can't wait to play uh, to play as Basim finally. And here you are t- telling me, uh, telling me like you you want her to be the the main character. Of course, like I'd love to uh, ha- have her as a main character. Like uh, hopefully, we get to play. As her in the story, just like we played with Aya or something. But yeah, you know, uh, it, it would be cool. Uh, James? A quick question for all three of you. Do we know if there's going to be any transmedia linked to this game that might explore her story or Basim's even younger days? Not yet. I don't yeah. know. Okay. There is that novel that's coming up, The Golden City. Oh, uh, but that's okay. as far as we know. It it centers on Hytham and Basim, so it's probably going to take place in his older years, okay, right before Valhalla, probably. I really want to see Hytham again. Oh, that would be amazing. Oh my god, imagine baby Hytham in this game because oh, <laughs> he's <yeah>. only seventeen <laughs> in Valhalla at the beginning of the, of that game. Like Seriously? imagine if we see him. Yeah, he's he's. He doesn't look seventeen. I'll say that. Yeah, he, yeah, he doesn't look seventeen. But, but uh, oh, it, it, he would be even younger if we saw him in Mirage. So that would be so cool. Like, imagine in the end when like Basim becomes a mentor, and we would see him like taking Hytham under his wing. Yeah, and then and they'll and then he'll he'll spend the eternity of his life in one. Four four walled house in Ravens for uh, in, in <laughs> exactly. 
Oh, Arshak, I'm a fr- you. I mean, if you'd like to explore the further adventures of Hytham, then Sword of the White Horse uh, has some good Hytham stuff in it. He doesn't spend his entire time in England in one hut in, in Ravenstock. I know he spends most of his time there, but um, yeah, he does. He does get out a little bit um, in uh, Sword of the White Horse. Yeah. Also, speaking of Roshan, uh, of course, we don't know how the game is going to do, but, you know, never shut out the possibility that if people really love her character, maybe we can get another spin-off <laughs> that focuses yeah. on her life. I'm wow. down. I'm down. I think I already love her. Uh, I think, like, uh, it, 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 it's just, like, like she's the epitome of an assassin, and that's what Basim is trying to get to. Um, so yeah, it, it, it would be cool to see. Um, Declan? Um, so this is on a different topic, and I'm very conscious of how much time we got left. So I think we could use this as a closing thought from all of you. We know since Assassin's Creed... Black Flag, um, when they started dropping the names into the titles, every name hints at a reason behind the name. So Black Flag Pirates, Unity, Co-op, and Elise. What could Mirage mean for Assassin's Creed Mirage? Because I have no clue. (laughs) Oh, okay, I see what you mean. I mean... I mean, the cynical part of me wants to say it's marketing, choosing a word that's somehow tied to in in the Western audience's mind to the Middle East somehow. So they're thinking of deserts. <laughs> but I hope it's deeper than that. Uh, I, it's also like, um, I feel, I feel what Basim must be feeling like um well no it's like a mirage can be like something that 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 you're seeing but you're you don't clearly know what it is right yeah pretty much because as we see in origins mirage is usually an environmental illusion due to heat and stress so it's basically an illusion due to heat so yeah, so like, so like that could be his illusion, uh, just like, um, or like you know, his. He doesn't know what to make of this gin, and, and, uh, the whole story is, kind of him coming into contact with it and trying to get to know it. So, uh, you know, it won't be a mirage anymore, kind of thing. Do 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 you get what I mean? Mm. It could um, even be a um, a less supernatural explanation, and just a reference to the fact that the, the targets you assassinate turn out to be the wrong ones, or you know the true the true bad guys are not the bad guys we thought they were. Maybe at the start or the middle of the story, um, or Roshan is not all she oh seems God. to be. Who knows? That that would totally but- play into Loki. You know that if everything's not as it seems, you know the bad guys aren't really the bad guys because everyone depicts Loki as the bad guy. But when you read mythology closely, he's just a prankster. He's not inherently evil or bad. He 
helps Thor get his hammer back by dressing up as Thor as Freya. He, you know, seduces a horse so they could get the builder to do his work for free. He, you know, he does a lot for people and he gets so much stick for it. And I heard Snigger in that Loki seduces a horse, but yes, Loki yeah. seduces a horse, people. Your lovely bassin. Not just that, he gives birth to a horse as well. Yep. Yeah. What? Lo- yeah, Loki. <laughs> imagine, imagine Bassem giving a giving a birth to a to a horse. Uh, no, God, no, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but yeah, Loki. Loki has uh, shapeshifted into a lot of uh, beings, and like, um, yeah, I think shapeshifting is definitely gonna play a part of it, especially since a Jin can shapeshift. So. Uh, I think it will remain a mirage until we play the game. Oh, also make- that's a great <laughs> ending. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, six keys. I didn't mean to speak over you. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, it's uh, also could refer to like maybe the whole game is about self perception and sort of ah. like how do you imagine yourself and is that accurate? Like, are you who you actually think you are? Mm. A whole questioning of identity. Yeah. Mm. I'll play that story. Absolutely. I would, because I tend to bet Loki always questioned his personality. Because... <laughs> mm. Judging by how Loki's character is in, in Isu, he seems like a type of guy who doesn't know what to be. He's with the Northern Aesir who probably disrespect him, so he doesn't know if he should be good, bad, or himself. Right. That's what I love about uh, you know Darby's explanation, that it's not actually two different people. It's not that one is good and one is evil, and then the evil one takes over. But it's much more nuanced than that. It's the same person just they can make the choice whether to embrace the darker parts of their personality or not mm. that, sorry Declan I was just about to say that's kind of a theme that's been all the way through Assassin's Creed since AC1 you know we had Altair who was a bit of a a little bit of a playboy douche sort of guy who did whatever he wanted, and then <laughs> he learned to grow up. Cause he, he did learned. you just call him an, a playboy douche? Oh, my word. Oh, come on. He he breaks the creed <laughs> true. at the very start true. because he's like, yeah. I mean, douche, yes. Playboy, not so sure. Maybe reckless. <laughs> anyway. I don't know. It's staying in my head canon off screen. He was flirting with all the women. <laughs> it, it's in my head canon. If he can break the free tenants because he's like I'm Altair, I can do what I want I could see him walk, racking up into the town like, yo ladies, what up Altair's back, <laughs> anyone want a piece of this? I, I can see that he's just so what you're saying is if if they do remake AC1 you want romance options for Altair um, <laughs> yeah, actually <laughs> you yeah. are about to get cancelled my friend <laughs> I, I, I will, I'm not being a thing I don't I'm not a massive fan of romance options because I'm weird. If Altair has them, that's his character because I swear he was swooning the ladies left, right, and centre. 
All just right. saying. All right. You heard it here first. <laughs> um, we must we must wrap up the recording because Arshak has an has a has a, a deadline that he must keep in in like two or three minutes. I want to make one very quick confession. Um, so in the trailer, we briefly see a castle under construction, and at first, I assumed it was a reference to Masyaf. Um, and then a quick discussion afterwards revealed it was Alamut. Now I'm going to be honest with you that this is confession time. I didn't realize Alamut was a part of the law. I only knew it from the Prince of Persia Sands of Time film. And with that embarrassing confession done, I'm going to shut up. <laughs> actually, I, I, I actually wrote a whole uh, Alamut uh, yes. thread. Uh, so if you guys are curious about it, uh, go and have a look at it. Um, but but yeah, I think uh, Al- Alamut uh, is is a very very uh, famous landmark of the of the Hashashans. Um, so it has to be in there. But like I I, I would just love uh, to see some some sort of like Prince of Persia hints in Alamut. Uh, yeah. you know that that would be cool. <laughs> I'm with you there. Yeah, just kind of bringing it full circle. Uh, Assassin's Creed started as a um, as an inspiration from Prince of, per- Prince of Persia, and now we finally get to go to a place Prince of Persia has been in. <laughs> in a Prince of Persia-inspired skin, no less. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and bringing it back to we have Thomas gone full Hassan. circle. Exactly. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Declan, that is the perfect point to close the show. I'm just thinking it'd be a really cool Easter egg just for him to walk in there, pick up an old jar, and it just turns to dust with age, and just makes everything turns to sand after time. And like, yes, just a perfect little Easter egg. But I don't. Just- just imagine, uh, just imagine Basim, Basim walking in the Alamut castle with a uh, w- with a towel on him. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> we haven't talked about parkour, which is of course something that they've been talking about that they want to bring it back in a big Ooh, way. But it. imagine if we could do wall running. Yes. Oh, that would be so awesome. <laughs> that that would be like a last level skill tree kind of thing. Yes. Right? Yeah. Oh, that would be so awesome. They could they could just like you know uh, copy paste assets and and, and make it happen. <laughs> you know. Oh uh, dear. Yeah. Yeah. Anywho, uh, guys, uh, let's. Uh, what do you guys want to do? It's your show. Uh, um, um, cake. Sorry, um, we've got cake in my brain. Um, so I think that is actually all we've got time for tonight. And I think it's safe to say that Mirage is hyped on everyone's Christmas list. Is it because it's Basim? Yes. Is it because for marketing they released a topless Basim skin for Prince of Persia? Yes. That's the only reason Mirage is getting sold. <laughs> Is it because of parkour? Yes. No. no. Not parkour. It's Basim. It's Basim. Literally, the next Assassin's Creed game for Infinity is a dating sim, and it's just a Basim dating sim. And it's old. You can have that Basim, on Ubisoft. Basim Ibn Ishaq. <laughs> so, thank you all for joining, and 
I'm really excited to hear what everyone else's thoughts are on Mirage and how hyped you are. So you can always email me at Assassin's Creed Let's Talk at no Assassin's Creed Let's Talk at gmail.com. If you and you can also find us on Twitter at AC Let's Talk and at James the Liquid. Really excited to hear your points of view on Mirage and also the future after Mirage because this is the last current gen title before the series goes next gen. So will this to be Japan. the last? Yes. So the big mm-hmm. question I am asking for people to answer on Twitter: Will this be your last Assassin's Creed game to get a new console, or will you not be going? after any more Assassin's Creed games since they're not making any more for current gen and next gen consoles are hard to get hold of. So I'd love to hear your thoughts and we'll see you all next week. See you yep. soon. Um, Bye. Bye.